welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast giving out jingle bell locks. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who started off Bull Mania by pulling a Rick Saban. Oh, man. Can't believe I did that. That's me, <laughs> Ryan Newman. And by the other brother who started out 6-0. and Thank you very much, Trey Newman. Just the beginning. I also went 6-0, and so not to brag. Dang it. I would have had I not pulled a Rick Saban. Sure you would have. Yeah. Sure you would have. Wasn't it all chalk? What's, it was all chalk. I mean, there was, I think, a cup. The Georgia Southern game was a was a short spread, I think. But that's true. Yeah. But I would have had Southern. I, I think I, yeah, I missed that. But I would have had Southern. Sure, sure. I'm sure you would have. I, be- I picked it in our family pool. I'm sure you did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So this is our second bowl preview episode. Uh. But before we get into the bowls, once again, some head coaching moves. Let's get on the coaching carousel. Temple hired Miami defensive coordinator Manny Diaz to be their next head coach. What grade would you guys give for this hire? Yeah, I, I would give this an A-minus for Temple. I I really like it, actually. I think it's a really good one. Um, he's obviously a really good defensive coach, but I also think he's a very good recruiter, and it especially kind of seems to be uh, with Miami now here. You see it now. They they just had six decommits in the last yeah, few days, yeah. like just because Diaz left. So apparently kids liked Manny Diaz. Um, so I, and I just think this kind of raises the profile a little bit for Temple. I mean, Manny Diaz is a pretty big name in the college football world and Temple hasn't quite had that at, at their head coaching positions, at least hiring them. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to say B plus I'm high on it as well. I was surprised. I was actually was surprised that he's only 44. It just seems like he's been around for, for so long that, uh, I was surprised he was still pretty young. Uh, but yeah, he's led a great Miami defense to new levels the past couple of years. And, you know, despite them being down in terms of wins and losses, their defense is top notch by being they're in the top three of pass defense, yards allowed, yards per play. And he's also had some great tutelage uh in his past with Bobby Bowden, Dan Mullen, Mac Brown, Mark Richt. So I, I really like it. Yep. Completely agree with you guys. I'm giving it an A. I mean, good coach, good recruiter. What else what else do you want? Yeah. Good point. App State hired North Carolina State defensive or offensive coordinator Eli Drinkwitz to be their next head coach. What's your grade for this one, Trey? I'm going to say B. I, I'm kind of mixed. I, I like that they hired a young and enthusiastic coach. Very young. <laughs> yeah, I know. 35. Especially with inheriting a solid program, you'd think he'd be able to continue the progress that Satterfield created. He's led some great offensive talent at NC State for the past few years with Ryan Finley as the quarterback. And prior to that, he began the the early development of Rippon at, at Boise. My only reservation is that, you know, he doesn't have any head coaching experience and uh, and it's a decent, decent first job to have. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I kind of agree with some of those sentiments there, Trey. I'm, I'm going to give this one a B plus though. I, I think he's going to be able to keep App State going. Um, he worked wonders with Ryan Philly, Ryan Philly, <laughs> Ryan Finn, Ryan Finley the past few years. Um, and you know, App State, they got 18 starters coming back. So there shouldn't be a year zero for him. I mean, he should be able to hit the ground running with a really good team. And, you know, he's a really smart guy. He graduated magna cum laude from Arkansas Tech. Ooh, um, wow. <laughs> Getting yeah. into the academics. I just, I saw that in one of the, uh, articles that I read. So it's interesting. <laughs> 
But it's I know it's big news for you, Mike, a fellow nerd. I mean, getting wow. a head coaching gig like this. That's fantastic. Actually, That's right a- now, I was summa cum laude. So, no, I wasn't. Wow. I was not. Excuse me. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> I wasn't. Uh, I'm giving this uh, a B plus, uh, which I would never get, you know, all A's. But, <laughs> um, yeah, he's done a, a solid job everywhere he's been. And, and it's hard to... Usually, I would like a school to hire someone with head coaching experience, but when you're G5, if you're going to be pulling a successful head coach, it, it probably has to be from from Division Two. So, FCS, you, know, uh, you mean? Sorry, yeah, FCS or or Division Three as well. It was just a segue, Ryan. I meant to say Division Three as a segue. Okay, all right. <laughs> Akron hired Tom Arth, and I have no idea who he is. Tell me, Ryan. Mike, I, I wish I knew. I, I had to look him up. I really had no idea also. Um, apparently, he was a Tennessee Chattanooga's coach the last couple of years. All right. Um, but the grade I'm going to give this after looking him up is an F. Uh, That's it's hard harsh. To believe That's that harsh. This, it is harsh, but I think it's fair, honestly. I mean, it's kind of hard to believe that this guy is going to be the head coach of a D1 program. There are, just, there are so many more other deserving, more qualified candidates than this guy. Um he did a terrible job at Chattanooga. It's not like he did well. <laughs> he went nine and he went nine and thirteen, and that's made even worse by the fact that in the four years prior to him at Chattanooga, they went thirty six and sixteen and came in first place in their conference in three out of those four years. And the year they didn't win it, they came in second. So yeah, and they, they just, went to three straight FCS playoffs before yeah, he got and there, and then they just nosedive as soon as this guy sh- shows up. So <laughs> I, mean, I feel like the phrase "this guy" is is very disrespectful. Okay, Tom Arth. Sorry, Tom <laughs> Arth. <laughs> I, but he, we don't know who he is. So I don't know. The only good thing I can say about this hire is that he's from Northeast Ohio. Um, so maybe he has a little bit of respect from the the high school coaches in that area. I mean, he did he did do well at what John Carroll D three as yeah. uh, you were kind of hinting at earlier michael yeah but, the blue streaks that's their that, team name shout out to uh to martin lawrence yeah that's about it yeah i'm I'm giving it a d it kind of for all the reasons you said ryan i really don't have anything to add generous well, I, yeah i mean i my scale i guess is a little different but i i said c uh it's just the 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 one thing is I did like to see a little bit of improvement that they had from going from three and eight to six and five, but it's still underwhelming at a place like Chattanooga. And the other thing I did take a look at is, you know, he was a quarterback in his day, and so he's got some offensive background. I looked at their offensive statistics and I was not impressed. They only averaged twenty one a game and the the quarterback play wasn't all that stellar. So yeah, I'm not not a fan. And they really they really struggled down the stretch. They started four and zero this year, and then they finished what two and six. And sorry, sorry, mocks. Yeah, I, I, what happened with the whole Bowden thing? Did they just get rid of him, or did Bowden just want to retire? Or? I'm not sure. I think they fired him. It, but I mean, if they were if they're going to replace Bowden with this guy, that I don't know. That just it's a weird deal there. By the way, that that three and eight, and then improving to six and five. That it's a that's a classic Matt rule. Oh yeah, I. I knew you were going to go with the Matt Rule, yeah. <laughs> but seriously, that is happening with Matt Rule because, what, he went 1-11 first year at Baylor, right? Did he win one? Uh, he might have gone I over. Thought he was oh, over. Did he go, did, I thought they won one. Somebody looked that up. Right. Yeah. But either way, it was very bad. And uh, and then this year, what, 6-6? Six and six? But people are talking him up like, oh, what a great job. So, yeah, there you go. That's true. Scott Frost kind of almost had that type of thing, 4-8. Setting himself up for a true, oh, much improved cook team. Don't ever say anything bad about our Lord and Savior. 
<laughs> no. Ah. <laughs> Scotty. Did ah. anybody look up whether Baylor went 0 and They went 1 and 11. Okay, 1 and 11. 11. But well, who was their one win? Was it Kansas? I, I was just thinking about that, so I've, I've got the schedule here. No, wait. If it's not Kansas, don't tell us. At least let us guess. Wasn't it like an FCS school or something? Well, wait. Do you, so? Give me a hint. Just, just you guessed Kansas. It was Kansas. Oh, okay. And they won by twenty nine. <laughs> Kansas. <laughs> yeah, they won thirty eight to nine. <laughs> wow. And Baylor, they really weren't that bad, though. No. Even though they no. went one and eleven. No, they had some close games. Like, actually, I'm looking at their schedule. They played number twenty three West Virginia. They lost by two on the road. Or no, it was at home. But still, yeah, they they played some close games. They lost to number three Oklahoma by eight. I mean, it's not like they were chumps. All right. Well, from Tom Arth to breaking down 2017 yeah. Baylor. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. We do it all. All right. That does it for the coaching carousel. Let's get to some bowl recaps. So as we record this, there have been six bowl games so far. They were all on Saturday, December 15th. So Ryan, get us started. All righty. We had the Celebration Bowl. Uh, North Carolina A&T, they won a close one, 24-22, thanks to a, a missed two-point conversion by Alcorn State uh, in the fourth quarter. Lamar Renard, quarterback for A&T, he was good through the air. Noah Johnson, quarterback for Alcorn, he was good on the ground, kind of what we thought. Uh, but North Carolina A&T, they got a bit of a dynasty going now. They've won three out of four of uh, the Celebration Bowls. So but this was a great game, very entertaining. Are they bad for football? Yeah, I was going to say, it's, you know, I'm starting to think that, you know, <laughs> break them up. All right, the next one, we had the uh, AutoNation Cure Bowl. It looked like uh, Tulane was going to pull away from Louisiana Lafayette uh, in this one. They were up 24 to 7 early in the second quarter, uh, but Lafayette was able to kind of weather the storm and bout it back, and they cut it to three in the fourth quarter. But Darius Bradwell and Justin McMillan, they each scored a touchdown for Tulane in less than a, in less than a minute to kind of put it away for Tulane, and they ended up winning by 17. But it It was kind of closer than that. It was a three-point game with about four minutes, so it came down to the end. Uh, So those were my two games, fellas. Okay. Uh, Next up is the New Mexico Bowl, North Texas against Utah State. And Utah State ran away with this one, 52-13. Jordan Love had 359 yards through the air, four touchdowns, and one interception. And he's only a sophomore, so it's a good piece for uh, Gary Anderson, of course, returning as Utah State's head coach to to build around and as far as north texas not a great not a great day for them mason fine got knocked out of the game early with a hamstring injury so that pretty much ended any chance they had yeah didn't have a chance anyways well yeah maybe not but they had one quarterback go 0 for 2 with a pick and they had another one go 2 for 8 with three interceptions so doing his best art impression yeah they had a couple arts behind uh, mason fine but Mason Fine also back next year. So is Seth Luttrell. So North Texas will be just fine. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't even yeah, mean I to do you. that one. I really didn't. That one was unintentional. <laughs> uh, believe it or not. Mitsubishi Motors Las Vegas Bowl. Arizona State against number 21 Fresno State. And the Bulldogs won 31 to 20. Neither quarterback played all that well in this one. But story of the game. Ronnie Rivers, sophomore running back from Fresno State. 24 carries. 212 yards and two touchdowns and so that caps off a 12 and 2 season for fresno state and speaking of coaches taking over terrible programs fresno was 1 and 11 the year before um uh, jeff tedford got there jeff tedford is now 22 and 6 yeah he's done a remarkable job there he has why isn't he getting looks for bigger jobs 
Well, I mean, do you really want me to answer that? Did you, the end of the Cal tenure was not very good. Yeah, that, okay, good point. Valid. <laughs> Valid. Okay, I'm going to go over to the Raycom Media Camellia Bowl, which had Georgia Southern play Eastern Michigan. Easily the most exciting bowl finish we've had so far. Georgia Southern won 23-21 when they kicked a 40-yard field goal as time expired. Now, there were two big fourth down conversions in the final minutes that made this game even better. Mike Glass threw a touchdown pass on fourth and four with three and a half minutes left to go up 21 to 20. Then Georgia Southern converted a fourth and 10 with a minute 40 left when Shy Wirtz ran for 29 yards on the play. Eastern Michigan, they continued their two-year streak of playing almost all competitive close games. Now for Georgia Southern, they completed the biggest turnaround this year going from 10 losses to 10 wins. Crazy. And they were pumped for this win. That was cool to see. Yeah, totally. Uh, by the way, my uh, prediction last podcast of a heartbreaking one-point loss for Eastern Michigan, uh, pretty yep. dang close. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pretty dang close. You could say that about every game. It's going to be yeah. within a field goal or something. But uh, but yeah, good call. Now next, the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl, Middle Tennessee against App State. Appalachian State dominated 45-13. to For most of the first half, though, no one wanted to win this one. These were the exchanging drives to start the game. Miss field goal, interception, field goal, fumble, interception, turnover on downs, touchdown, interception. Not it, great. It was, it was pretty ugly that, that first half, but, uh, but it was a disappointing finish for the father-son Stockstills. But Brent had a great Blue Raider career. The final note on this one is that App State receiver Malik Williams threw for two touchdowns. All right. Very good. That does it for the bowl recaps. So let's preview the upcoming bowl games. And our first one is Wednesday, December 19th, the DXL Frisco Bowl, San Diego State against Ohio. The Bobcats are a two and a half point favorite. What do you think, Trey? This is a good coaching matchup with Frank Solich and Rocky Long, who have both done tremendous jobs at their schools. San Diego State, they pride themselves on defense and running the ball. So I'm really anxious to see how that plays out. And in particular, defensively, they're going to have their hands full with with dual threat Nathan Rourke at quarterback for Ohio. Now, the Fighting Franks, they don't exactly have the greatest defense as they give up 400 yards per game, but the Aztecs haven't been lighting up the scoreboard on their end. One interesting nugget here is that San Diego State is 13-0-1 all-time versus MAC opponents. And I think that ends here as Ohio is going to beat the Aztecs, and they're my jingle bell lock. All right. I, I'm with you. I like Ohio here. Uh, Nathan Rourke, 11th in the country at 8.8 yards per pass attempt. So I like Ohio State's offense. Or, I mean, <laughs> I, definitely, yeah, I do too. I definitely like Ohio State's <laughs> offense. <laughs> so they're, do I. Great. Just an aside. Yeah, just, I also like Oklahoma's offense a lot. Yeah. But Ohio. No, I think they're yeah. maybe only behind UCF as far as offenses in the group of five. Um, wow. So. And after having uh, two straight players lead the nation in rushing yards, like you said, Trey, San Diego State's offense this year is not good. Jawan yeah. Washington only averaged 4.8 yards per carry. So, yeah, Bobcats all the way. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Crispin Chapman for San Diego State, the quarterback, he's he's not going to scare you. And the Aztecs lost their last three games down the stretch, and two of those were at home to UNLV and Hawaii. So, Ohio's playing much better ball down the stretch. And so, yeah, I'm on the Bobcats train too. All right. Next is Thursday, December 20th. We have the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl, 
Marshall is a three-point favorite against USF. Who do you like here, Ryan? Before we get going on my preview, is it Gasparilla or Gasparilla? Gasparilla. I think it's Gasparilla. Yeah. Okay, just checking. I also think we had this conversation last year. Possibly. Yeah, we, we very well could have. Um, yeah, I'm all over uh, the Thundering Herd in this one. Uh, Michael, you kind of called this one when USF was sitting at 7-0. and um, They're pretenders. Yeah. Um, and then they went and went ahead and lost their last five games. And all of those games were they lost by double digits. So they haven't even been competitive lately. Um, both offenses to me, roughly the same. I, although I do give the, the QB edge to Isaiah Green of Marshall over Blake Barnett, especially as of late. Um, but the real difference to me are the, the two defenses. U, USF gives up more than 240 yards rushing on the ground, while Marshall only gives up 104. So that's just a huge gap, and uh, I think that's the main reason why Marshall's going to win this one. So I'm going to make uh, the Thundering Herd my jingle bell lock. All right. I also like Marshall, but I will say this is a home game for USF, so that does give them, obviously, an advantage. But one reason I like Marshall, redshirt freshman running back Brendan Knox didn't play all season until a few games ago, but he's run for 100 yards in three of four games, including last game, 204 yards against Virginia Tech. So give me Marshall. All right. I'm, uh, we're going to do a clean sweep here on Marshall. I'm, uh, you got to just go with the, the recent, the recent form and the USF faithful, they can't be so high on Charlie Strong right now. No. no. And the other thing, the other little tidbit is that, Marshall's coach Doc Holliday, he's five and zero in bowl games with Marshall, so he gets them prepared. That's a good, good pick, Trey. Friday, December twenty first, the Makers Wanted Bahamas Bowl. FIU is a six point dog against Toledo, but I like FIU in this one. A big reason I like them is their quarterback play is a lot better than Toledo. James Morgan came in as a transfer from Bowling Green this year. He was he's a grad transfer, but two years left to play, so. It's kind of rare, but he was awesome this season. 26 touchdowns, seven interceptions. On the other side, Toledo, of course, they usually always have good quarterback play, but not the case right now. Mitchell Guadani is out for the year for them with a shoulder injury. Eli Peters has been following it, filling in for him. He's been okay, but not great. So I'm going to ask you bros to mix and mingle to the jingle and beat because FIU is my jingle bell lock. Wow. I'm I'm surprised by that. Yeah, I like FIU as well. Butch Davis going for FIU's first nine-win season in program history. So I'm going to take FIU as well. They have a slightly better defense, and I really like the quarterback play of James Morgan. Alrighty, um, I'm actually going to disagree with you guys here. I'm going to take Toledo. Um, Michael, I think you're being a little harsh maybe on Eli Peters. I mean, he may not be uh, Logan Woodside, but they did win four out of their last five games. And yeah, well, the last four were with Eli Peters. Um, so he went three and one down the stretch. And in three of those games, they put up 45, 56, and 51. So they had some offense clicking other than when they played um, at Northern Illinois, I believe. But Northern Illinois has got a really good defense. So um, I'm, I'm going to go with the, the Rockets here. I think they can do it. All right. Moving on to the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, Western Michigan against BYU and BYU's favorite 12 and a half. What do you think, Trey? Is there like a, is there a bowl game that you would, if you were a player, is there a bowl game that you would least want to go to? <laughs> well, it than, sounds like yours is the you know, Idaho Potato Bowl. Yeah. Is, is that the worst bowl game you could go to if you're a player? 
Like name what? What's worse? Than That's that? it's not great because you you're going to what it's in in Boise. You're going to Boise in December. Yeah, yeah. It's cold and the blue field and no one's gonna go and ugh. it's like I mean New Mexico's not great, but it's better than Boise, I'd say. Yeah, I would agree. Um, Frisco, Texas is that is that is Frisco a cool place? I don't know. I mean, at least you're in Dallas. It's, yeah. It's, okay. All right. Uh, can we can we make fun of any other locations so that more people hate us that are listening? Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, the other, what was it last year? The Pinstripe Bowl certainly wasn't didn't seem like a pleasant place to be with the freezing cold. Yeah. Okay, you're just talking weather then. Well, a combination of weather and just what's there to do. I mean, obviously New York would be great, but you know, as the weather was pretty horrible. All right. Well, yeah, anyway. So, <laughs> anyways, potato bowl. <laughs> Let's preview potato it now. Bowl. So I know BYU is better athletically, but I'm having a hard time giving so many points with their pretty pedestrian offense. And then, and for Western Michigan, I like their running back duo of Jamari Bogan and Levante Bellamy. And it's also going to be freshman Caleb Ellaby's fifth straight game since taking over at quarterback. And now he's had a full month to prepare. I'm going to take the points with the Broncos in this one. Yeah, I agree with you, Trey. I'm going to take the points here with the Broncos also. You know, in their last game, of the year, they beat Northern Illinois, the MAC champion. So that was a really good win to yeah. finish the year. And BYU actually played Northern Illinois early in the year, and they scored a grand total of six points against them. So I know it's uh, can't can't do the transitive property, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's a little relative. Just the fact that BYU is not as not that great, and that's a lot of points to give up. So um, yeah, I'm taking the Broncos. Yeah, I mean that that win for Western Michigan against Northern Illinois was good, but. Before that, things had not been going well after, of course, in, in the middle of the season, they'd, they'd won six straight and things were great. But then John Wasink, their their star quarterback, got injured. So yeah. quarterback play has been a lot worse since then. They're, they're one and three, actually, since he got hurt. But the last one was the last one. That's <laughs> true, but it's one game. I like BYU. I think their six and six record says more about their tough schedule than about the team. You know, they've got a solid defense. Some good freshman talent on offense. I like the quarterback, Zach Wilson, just a freshman, but he's been pretty good this year. All right. Fair enough. Okay, let's uh, let's break up these previews. We still got a couple more games to get to, but first, a segment, Ryan, top five list. All righty. So our top five list, we have got the top five, well, I'll say my top five uh, favorite holidays. So Ooh, all right. All yeah, right. We'll start with number five. We got Memorial Day. You know, it's late May, about to kick off summer. It's a good time, especially for a... <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked this one made the list. Well, but it, especially for a teacher like me, that's kind of like signifying the end of school. So it's like, okay. oh yeah, I've got right. two months coming that's up here. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So it means more to me. Um, number four, New Year's. Um, you know, it's a celebration. It's a fun time. We go out with all your friends. So that's a good one. I don't have any friends. Well, that's true. Sorry, Mike. Uh, number three, 4th of July. Gotta love the fireworks shows, the hot dogs, spending time with your family out in the sun. That's a great day. All right, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna come in with snarky comments after every one, but fireworks are way overrated. Fireworks are boring. Okay, you're boring, Mike. <laughs> okay. I agree. Fireworks fireworks are a little overrated. I do like the fourth of July though for the the atmosphere, not necessarily the fireworks. Yeah, yeah. Okay, they're a little overrated. They're not insane, but they're still cool. Give me, give me like four minutes of fireworks. I don't need 20. No, yeah. Okay, I'll agree with that. I agree with that. It's like, okay, we've seen that heart like 20 times now. <laughs> uh, number two, we got Thanksgiving. 
That's you gotta love that meal. You look forward to that, and it's, it's kind of the start of the holiday season. It's a good one. Yep, yep. Where's the snarky comment, Mike? Well, it's just I have to spend time with you, so it wouldn't make my top five. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I was going to keep that one to myself, but you asked for it. So. Uh, apparently, you're not going to like number one. So, Yeah. Yeah, Christmas. That has got to be... Well, I'll say Christmas Eve. I enjoy Christmas Eve. That's kind of what we do. We spend time with all the family around that lives us around near us. So Christmas has got to be got to be number one. All right. Any any honorable mentions? What 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 got snubbed there? Maybe Halloween guess? for some people. Yeah. I, yeah. I like I'm, Halloween. I'm not the biggest Halloween guy. Uh but I can see how some people would like it. Did you dress up this Halloween? Um, I oh, did. Oh, yeah. Wait. You mentioned it on the podcast. Or no, you're a penguin? Or, that was a few well, years ago. I, that was in years past. Yeah, at school, I was a penguin. This year, I was a minion. Uh, Ooh, my, nice. My wife and another couple, we went out and we were all four minions. So, yeah. My wife. Well, we went to uh, Universal Studios. Like, they have like a kind of a horror kind of show or whatever. And apparently, you're not supposed to wear your costume, though. Um, so we were like the only people in the entire place with a costume on. That's super weird. Why wouldn't you, why aren't you supposed to wear a costume? I don't know. Apparently they don't want you to like mix up with the characters that they have. Oh. So if like you're some dark, scary character, maybe that's like, I don't know. All right. So, cause you know, cause they're trying to like attack, pretend attack you. Like they come up and try to scare you. So if you're like some scary dude, maybe they don't know who's who. All right. <laughs> Intense breakdown of universal. <laughs> cool. You guys want to talk some football now? <laughs> Please. All right. Okay. Saturday, December 22nd, we have the Jared Birmingham Bowl. Memphis is a three and a half point favorite against Wake Forest. And Ryan, I have two questions for you All before right. we get into the preview. Is that okay? Yeah. Please. That wasn't, that wasn't one of the questions, but uh, here's my first one. What's a 13 letter phrase for marriage proposal? 13 letter phrase for marriage proposal. Will you marry me? He went to Jared. Oh, God. He went to Jared. I did not. He went to Jared. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, Jared. I forgot that commercial. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I have a second question. Second question as well. Did Dad go to Jared for the Pandora bracelet like we told him? Um, No, he wouldn't go to Jared. That's not right. Trey, do you have have an answer to that one? Uh, I don't. I don't. He went to Jared. No, no, no. Come on. He totally went to Jared. Oh. <laughs> Excuse me. Remember no. that kid? No. You don't remember he totally went to Jared? The little girl with the braces? I, <laughs> no, nah, not ringing a bell. What's wrong with you guys? We talked about this all the time, I think. I'm sure we did. Uh, they're terrible commercials. He totally went to Jared. <laughs> he totally went to Jared. Yeah, we yeah we got it. Does every does does like every player get like a Jared gift certificate? How does that work? I don't know. Yeah, good point. But Ryan, what what do you think about the game? Yeah, okay. Let's let's talk about the game. Um, yeah, this is one of the harder games to predict because both teams are are really sporadic, so it's kind of hard to know what you're getting um, week in week out with these guys. But I'm gonna go ahead and take the points uh, with Wake Forest in this one. You know, our youngest brother, uh, Jamie Newman, he plays for them. Yeah. Um, and he came in the last three games and led Wake to a couple of nice victories on the road at NC State and then a dominating win um, at Duke. Um, I mean, I'm not super confident in the pick, like I mentioned, but uh, I am confident that it's going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah, no doubt. The over-under is 74 currently, and with their yeah. with these defenses, it could be the highest-scoring bowl game of the of the year. 
I'm going to take the points with Wake Forest. Uh, Memphis is just, they're coming in depressed after losing to UCF in back-to-back years for the AAC championship. So I'm going to take the points with Wake. Yeah, I am also taking plus three and a half. Uh, Greg Dorch being questionable makes me think twice about it. He's got a a finger injury, but I still, I, I really like Jamie Newman. I think he's not just, it's not nepotism. It's not just because he's, you know, a Newman. But I think he's a potential star at quarterback. It'll be interesting to to see next year. Uh, Sam Hartman, of course, the freshman who was you know starting over him. Be interesting to see that quarterback battle. Yeah. Um, but for now, taking Wake Forest. Next game, still on December twenty second, the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl, Houston against Army, and Army's favored three and a half. This game would be a lot more fun if Derek King were still healthy, but of course, knee injury out for the year. So Clayton Toon, once again, will get the start for Houston. And since replacing uh, Derek King, he has a 41% completion percentage. So just completely changes that offense. And of course, no Ed Oliver on defense. He's sitting out this one too. I really see no reason to to pick Houston here. And an Army coming off a great 10-2 and season under Jeff Munkin, I'll, I'll go with them. Yeah, I agree with you, Mike. Uh, you got to go with Army. Uh, they're on an eight-game winning streak right now, um, and their only two losses on the year, as we know, are one of them was the overtime loss at OU, and the other is at Duke in the first game of the year. So, yeah, I think they're going to be ha- be able to handle a, a Houston team without those their two star players. Army might possess the ball the entire game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Houston's point. defense, even with Ed Oliver, they gave up almost five hundred yards a game. And we know that Army has a top defense, so they're going to slow down the Cougar offense. And I'm going to take Army as well. They're going for their first 11-win season ever. Wow. Okay, next up, the Dollar General Bowl, Buffalo against Troy. Buffalo's favored two. What do you think, Trey? So Buffalo's going to try and get the bad taste out of their mouth from giving up that 19-point lead to lose the MAC championship. Now, Troy, on the other hand, they're going for a 10-win season, and these are two of the better coaches in the group of five ranks with Lance Leopold and Neil Brown. For Buffalo, Tyree Jackson to Anthony Johnson, that duo has been fun to watch this year. But I think that Troy is going to be able to slow him down enough to pull this one out. I like that Troy has won back-to-back bowl games. And even since losing their quarterback, Caleb Barker, they've won nine games this year. So I like Troy. Yeah, Sawyer Smith has has not been bad. He's he's been a little bit of a downgrade, but he's he's done well enough. Um and I agree this is a I think this is maybe the best matchup we're going to talk about this this whole episode. You said two great coaches. Yes, yeah, definitely. Uh two Well, I wouldn't say Buffalo's been a great program. That's definitely not the case, but this year, great year. And I think what kind of tilts the balance here is that this game is less than a 3-hour drive from Troy's campus, so I'll go with them. Yeah, I agree with you guys. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean with Troy as well, mainly just because I, I think their defense is a little bit better, especially stopping the run. So uh yeah, I'm gonna stick with the Trojans as well. Okay, final game we have here, the SoFi Hawaii Bowl. Hawaii against Louisiana Tech, and I think this is the second time all season that we have a pick'em. The spread is zero. So Even. Ryan, what are your thoughts here? Um yeah, well, Hawaii they're kind of a weird team. They they started off hot, then went through a huge midseason lull uh, but then they won their last two games uh, so they finished strong um, and the encouraging thing was that Cole McDonald he played like he did at the beginning of the season um, in their last game at the at San Diego State he threw for a career high 452 yards 
in their overtime win in San Diego. So that was that was very impressive. Louisiana Tech, on the other hand, they kind of struggled down the stretch. Uh, so I'm going to take the Warriors at home, where they are uh, five and four in Hawaii bowls or Aloha Bowl or Oahu Bowl, depending on the year. <laughs> How many of those were with Timmy Chang? It's a good question, Mike. I don't know. Uh, I, I can't. Colt Brennan. Colt Brennan. Is he walking well, through that door? Well, he he got demolished in the Sugar Bowl one year. Um, so I'm not sure how many Hawaii Bowls he played in. All right. Well, one guy to watch out for in this game, Louisiana Tech defensive end Jalen Ferguson. He's tied for the nation uh, with 15 sacks. Tied for first in the nation with 15 sacks. Not tied with the nation. That would be That's unbelievable. <laughs> um, so he's one and a half sacks in his career, though, in his career away from the FBS record for career sacks, which is 44. But Sutton Smith's got to be. who holds that record? What's that? Oh, who holds that record? Yeah. So I, I, gee, I saw this. Oh, well, then you're disqualified. Ryan, who holds this record? Um, Man. Ah, uh, that's a good. Uh, Let me know if you need a hint. All right. Yeah. Well, is it a Georgia guy? It is not. Arizona State guy. Oh, t- Suggs. Come on. Yeah, Ryan. it's Terrell Suggs. And he did it in three years, I think, too. Is that right? Left a year. Wow. I'm pretty sure he left a year early. Oh, wow. wow. Impressive. Uh, so here I like Louisiana Tech because Massey Peabody actually has them as a three point favorite. Well, all right. All right then. Well, I'm just gonna lean Hawaii here. I. You know, you mentioned Louisiana Tech. They lost three out of four, but the lone win was against an awful Rice team. So I don't like backing teams that struggled down the stretch. And like you said, Ryan, Cole McDonald seemed to find a little bit of new life in their last game. So I'm going to take the Warriors. Go Warriors. All right. Rainbow Warriors. True. Okay. That'll do it for our bowl previews. Let's close out the episode with a questionable finish. Mike Leach tweeted a picture showing his replica of the leg lamp from A Christmas Story. Which movie artifact would you most want in your home? All right. Uh, you guys remember the movie Team America, of course. Of course. Um, so I would want the uh, the Matt Damon doll from that uh, movie. <laughs> Matt Damon. Yep. Yep. Wow. <laughs> That's a yep. good one. Uh, yep. You guys remember the movie Mean Girls. God. No, no, I don't. Well, Trey, you didn't watch Mean Girls? I, boy, I don't know if I did. Oh, you got to see Mean Girls. I want the burn book. The burn book. Regina George. I'm sure she's got some great zingers in there. I want to read it. It's a good one. Interesting. Mine, uh, my favorite movie is probably Caddyshack. So I'd love to have the the mechanical gopher that's in it. Yeah. Mm. He can dance, make noises, run, and he's he's funny. That's a good one. one. (laughs) Okay. An ESPN radio show called Best Week Ever asked Twitter to come up with creative fun rules for a hypothetical bowl game they're creating. What is your best idea? So this one, don't think about it logistically, but I think it would be awesome if each team was allowed to bring one alum on offense and one on defense to play in the game. That's a good idea. I like that. That is actually, I love that. That's way better than mine. How cool would it be? Uh, Mine is that a rule that everyone is an eligible receiver oh so yeah offensive lineman the center could run down it could run a route why not i think it would be it would be madness and maybe wouldn't work but i'd like to see it so would i michael yeah thank you all right uh mine would i'd like to see a little more like canadian style so the players can be moving in any direction at the snap you know like the skill position yeah, guys yep. 
And then that, that kick rule where you, any player can kick the ball through the end zone at any time to try to get a point. And, but <laughs> okay. then also, I want to yeah, I want to get rid of the uh, that touchback rule where if you fumble it through the end zone, it's a touchback. Mm, that's I, good. Yeah, might probably wouldn't come up in the game, but it's it's a good change. Yeah, <laughs> it, I exactly. Well, I just thought about rules here, and that just popped up to my head because that would that happen? That happened in the Fresno game, right? And they they still won, but um, I don't. Know, I think you should go back to the twenty. If that happens, that's, that's my fair. that's my suggestion. Next question: Early signing period runs from December nineteenth through the twenty first. Who do you think will end up with the nation's number one class? I'll take this one first. So obviously, Alabama had seven straight number one classes, fell to fifth last year, and and Georgia was of course number one. Looks like it's down to those two this year, and I'm going to take Alabama. They're already number one, and they look to be in the running with. I mean, they'll probably get two or three more five stars. It's absurd. I'm. I mean, I'm just going to say Georgia just because of the fact that uh, you you could tell that Alabama wasn't going to let Kirby Smart and Georgia just kind of start this little trend of, of them being dominant in recruiting. But Georgia currently, as we sit today, has more room and players to take on, and they're going to be in the they're in the running for some big name guys too. So I'm going to say they surpass them, but it's one and one a really. Wow. Okay. I'm I'm gonna agree with Michael. I think uh, Alabama. They got a decent lead right now. Um. So I'm gonna. I think they're gonna be able to hang on because they're gonna. They're definitely gonna get a couple more top guys. Um. But man, that SEC. It's what one, two, three, four. You got A and M and LSU at three and four. It's insane. I someone posted something on Reddit. Like the worst SEC recruiting team is like 35th or something. Or maybe not even that bad. It's they're yeah, it's all just... like top 25. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. What the first non-SEC school is what Oregon right now? They Oof, just they don't. Just say they're stealing everyone from LA. Don't talk to me about Oregon. Yeah, man, Clay Helton. Whoa, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Quack quack. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening to part two of our bowl previews. Keep an eye on your podcast feed for part three next week. Uh, next week we're also gonna do our New Year six preview. So. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you give us five stars. Actually, if you haven't given us five stars, the episode won't pop up in your feed. Is is that, Ryan, didn't you talk to iTunes about that? Yeah, I try to get a little hoop, loophole in there just to try to convince them to get us more five stars. Wow. I mean, that's it was your idea, and I thought that was kind of desperate, but... Yeah, that's, that's okay. usually your move, too. So Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, one more thing. It just... Uh, this news just came out right before we started recording... Justin Fields, according to USA Today, is going to transfer. What? Wow. Did you guys did you guys see that? Did not. No. Wow. Well, what are your immediate thoughts? We're getting your live thoughts. You just well, heard it. I mean, Jake Fromm played really well this towards the end of the year. And and they were throughout the season, they were really reluctant reluctant, easy for me to say, to let Fields throw the ball and and then in the limited times that he did come in, he just he wasn't that effective. So that's interesting. Yeah, you could tell that there just wasn't the the trust factor there, and uh, it's because Fromm has is only going to be a junior. He knows uh, it's, he's got at least another year of sitting behind him, maybe two. So yeah, I uh, I guess I'm not totally shocked by it, but it's interesting. Yeah, it's it was weird when both obviously the number one overall recruit Trevor Lawrence and then. Uh, to Justin Fields, both went to places where they already had an established starter. And we thought both of them had a chance. I mean, I, one out of two is not bad. Trevor Lawrence overtaking Kelly yeah. Bryant. So 
Yeah. Justin Fields obviously wasn't able to overtake Fromm. And also, we're, we're not sure whether he'll be eligible right away, but... You know, I, I don't know what the I'm, situation... assume he wouldn't be. Why would he be? I would assume he wouldn't, but I don't know. Players have been have been kind of winning those battles, so I don't know. We'll see. But either way, wherever he transfers, that will, that'll be like getting a five-star recruit. So Yeah, that's, that'll be interesting to watch. Um, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.